getting to know more about God in His Word and meeting some interesting people along the way. This is the Ben Everson Podcast. Well, welcome back to the podcast, and today we have a real privilege to sit down with Dr. Frank Garlock, and uh, he's spending some time with us here. Thanks for taking some time out for us. We well, appreciate I, it. It's my privilege. <laughs> hey. Well, I, I want to dive right in. If if there is anyone listening to this podcast that doesn't know who you are, uh, that would be very rare, but of course, Dr. Garlock <laughs> is known for many things, one of them being the founder of Majesty Music, I almost said Musical Ministries, because it was originally Musical Ministries, right, and now right. Majesty Music yes. for all these years. But uh, yeah. I, I want to dive into something that a lot of people probably don't know about you, and that okay. is, well, you've been to, to be a... discovered, but I got found out instead. Yeah, <laughs> discovered, not found out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, your time, you've, you've been to a few other countries besides the United States, right? Yes, I, I never felt called to their mission field. Right. But um, I've been to 50 countries. 50 countries. And with my wife with me, and uh, just great opportunities each to each time. Yes. You know, just the, to be a minister in the area of music, trying to help people with their music. This has been my life. Uh, I like Genesis 24, where the, bride, the servant goes to get a bride for Isaac. And he says, I being in the way the Lord led me. Amen. And that's that's been my life. God has led me. <clears throat> I thought when I was young, I had several of my relatives were missionaries in Africa. In fact, one of my uncles, my dad's oldest brother, wrote a book called "Before We Kill and Eat You." They were going to kill him and eat him. Before we kill and eat you? Yeah, they, the cannibals were going to kill him and eat him. <laughs> and through the gospel, he erased cannibalism in that part of West Africa. Amazing! Wow. <clears throat> so, that, that's in my history. But I thought. That's probably when I gave my life to the Lord at five years of age, when I was when I was saved, and yeah. um, thought I was going to be either a missionary or a preacher, and <clears throat> realized as I began to study the Bible uh, that First Chronicles nine thirty three says these are the singers, the musicians, chief of the fathers of Levites, who were remaining in the chambers were free, for they were employed in that work day and night. And I said, Lord, you must be calling me to music. Mm. And that's that's been my ministry all this time, but uh, I love it. Well, I, t- I just told somebody today, I said, uh, I was talking to a lady on the airplane coming up here, and <clears throat> I said, number one, I love what I do, I love music, and then I get to do it for the Lord. What else could you ask for? Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. And that, and that is, uh, ought to be inspiring to any of the younger listeners that we have on the podcast that... Um, uh, just being open to how the Lord would lead you. And I, I love that. I being in the way the Lord led me. Yeah. And isn't that uh, the title of your autobiography? Is well, that, is that I, that's, what I, that's what I call my autobiography. Then I, yes. like, I like the title of my second book, Just Show Up. God can use me. That's really all I've done. Just Show Up. I, I just, like that. I just, just happened to be there. And we can talk about that too, but that's all right. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. I just started working my way through that book. And, of course, my dad uh, uh, learned a lot from you. And uh, he wrote one of the chapters in there. Yes. So I went to that chapter first. <laughs> well, I, have, I have tremendous uh, uh, respect for your dad. I, I love your dad. And when I was teaching the master's program at Pensacola Christian College, your dad came and I had Dave Ledgerwood at the same time, two outstanding <laughs> musicians. And I still remember, what do I have, what do I have here? Yes. You know, just, but again, it was just, I just happened to be there. And God said, all right, you'll... 
that's what I, I told the lady on the plane. That I said, if you just say, you know, God, I, I want to do what you want me to do, God will say, okay, if you really mean business, here we go. Mm. And that's, that's been my life. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I love the fact that you mentioned that you thought perhaps you might end up being a preacher. Yeah. And of course, that would have taken you into studying theology and and uh, you know Bibles, deep Bible study, etc. Uh, but guess what, folks? Uh, <laughs> as a musician, Dr. Garlock over over these years has studied theology and has studied the Word of God uh, on a on a deep level. And we were talking at lunch today about the need for musical theologians. That's what I did. Either I'm a musical theologian or a theological musician. Right. I really think this is what we need for music directors in our churches today. Mm. They need to know the Word of God. Uh, like in the Pensacola Master's Program that I taught, I asked um, the um, students when they first come in to the program each summer, the 18 summers that we taught that, how many of you know if you're working in church or in a Christian school, I mean, if you can say, I know every verse in the Bible I've studied, I've looked at every verse, I know what the Bible says about music, not ahead of one command. Wow. Yeah, and I said, if you're going to graduate with a master's degree with me teaching, you're going to have to tell me you've done it before you can get out of here. Every verse in the Bible about music. And just study it, because there's so much to learn. See, that's more references, at least 500. Some people count, I count, like if it's three or four verses, I count that as one. Mm. But I have another friend who counts every verse as individual. It's four, four verses he counts as four. I don't do that. So by at least 500. That's more than the Bible talks about grace, more than it talks about heaven. I mean, more than many other subjects. That means it must be interesting to God. And that's what one of my most recent books is about, how big little things can be. Yes. Our God is interested in little things. Oh, and tell and tell our listeners that new word. I learned a new word today, folks. <laughs> Amber Okay, now I can't remember it. <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah. What is it? Amber when the the uh ambulation. That's it. Yes. Ambulation. It's just a very interesting word. Now how things can be in in, in very s- small. God seems to do that. I think about, you know, the phrases, in the beginning, God. Mm. He doesn't try to defend God. Just mm, assume, right. you have to assume there is. Or, in the beginning was the word. Boom. I mean, just, the Bible just is full of little phrases like that that nails something down. I mean, you you go almost anywhere in the Bible, and there's a phrase that puts it down. I'm thinking about the last ten verses of the book of Ruth. Just a small book, a little over 2,000 Hebrew words. I mean, just a short book. But if we didn't have those last 10 verses, we wouldn't have the line of Christ. Hmm. Little things make a big difference. Make a big difference. And the first thing in my book is that I was born August 10, 1930. My wife was born August 25, 1930. Two and a half months after me. We were 1,500 miles apart at that time, but God knew he was going to put us together. Oh, that's fantastic. We've been together for 68 years now. 68 (laughs) years. Amen, amen. (laughs) And serving the Lord. He's been with me in all the 50 countries. Well, what what a team that you guys have been over the the decades. We can't can't believe the opportunities God's given us. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I like, in case uh, uh, any of you that, I know we've got some listeners that are involved in music, and uh, Mm -hmm. don't let that... Uh, 
deter you from thinking, oh, well, I'm just studying music. I can't really get into studying deeper things of theology. That's the opposite. We need it. And there's so much weak music being written today. This isn't going to be a controversial podcast, folks, but we got to mention it. There's so much weak music being written today doctrinally that it's no surprise people get swept away. We need some depth. We need some some roots to go down well, deep in the Word. I, I really have, I mean, I'm very much, uh, certain things you believe very strongly. There are certain things, you know, you, you're willing to compromise on or... Uh, say that that's red, yellow, or green. I like your illustrations. That you oh, hey, thank you for the book that's reference. Good. That's very kind. Well, that's right. <laughs> that there are some things that I would die for. There are other things I would fight you over. Other things we'd just argue about. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, or the, absolutely. The, the, that's right. But the, I believe everything we believe, and our music ought to be done based on some scriptural principles, not necessarily the very actual verse. But some scriptural principle that we ought to say, this is the reason, especially in church music, teaching in a Christian school, I say this is the this is the reason why we do this, and here is why. Mm-hmm. You know, like just take Ephesians five eighteen and nineteen, singing and making melody. All right, why, why do we do that? But, you know, when you're it says when you're filled with the Spirit of God, which is the power of God, then there's certain things you ought to do. And why does it make me? Why it doesn't say it doesn't mention some ecstatic experience. Mm. It says singing and making melody. Music is the first should be the first thing you can tell the temperature of a church if you want to put on that terminology mm. by the kind of way by the way they sing. And congregational singing has oh, been yes. put on the back table in so and many it places. Be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Right. Uh, that's been one of my things that I've loved to do all these years. In fact, in the conference that you and I are in right now. Uh, I'm going to have a session on how to teach people to read. When I was at the Southside Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina, where I was for 27 years, I realized I had a lot of people, even in my choir. The choir, I started with eight in the choir, (laughs) and 100 people in the church. When I left, I had 150 in the choir and 2,500 in the congregation. (laughs) But I realized a lot of people didn't know how. So I remembered, I said, I'll start right after Labor Day, I'll be through by Thanksgiving. And if you don't know how to read, if you'll come, I will teach you. In fact, all, if you listen to my men of praise, the 12 men that I have recorded with, I taught every one of those men. I, I have voice, gave them voice lessons. Wow. Because yeah. uh, that's my responsibility. And that first year, for the first year I did that music, how to read music, I had 90 people come. Hmm. That helped my congregational singing, it helped the choir, it helped everything. So again, uh, I think that's that's our responsibility. Not just take it. Uh, you know why we don't sing Bach chorales? Because they're written all be every every line is a melody, mm. and people can't do that anymore. Right, we've, we've lost a lot of that. We've lost a lot of it. Yes, absolutely. And back then they were taught. In fact, even Martin Luther said the reason he put his chorales, his his things he wrote in four parts, is that should be our responsibility to teach people how to read music and sing in four parts. Mm. And you told me something earlier today about if you if we were to visit Box House, yes, uh, the entertainment for the evening. Tell, tell the listeners what that would have been. Well, that that uh, I was taught that when we were when I was studying counterpoint at the Eastman School of Music, that if you would go to Box House for say say for dinner, then that day he would write a melody, and the game for the evening would be bring your instrument and play either a counter melody to what he wrote 
or turn it upside down or play it backwards. <laughs> and that, that was the game for the evening. Just oh, see wow. what they could do with it. Maybe 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 a little, make a little uh, piece out of it or or wow. even a little fugal part or something. Just to, back with Dr. Frank Garlock, founder of Majesty Music and uh, teacher for many decades. You have so many different students and children of students and probably grandchildren of yes. students, I'm sure, uh, just over the years. Well, even some great-grandchildren. And great-grandchildren, too. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, I want to ask you this question. This is a big word that a lot of people throw around, the idea of mentoring. Yeah. But really, it's just passing on from generation to generation, right. uh, truths and abilities and discernment and all those things. As you have been through these generations and through these decades, uh, are there some principles that you've seen that work well for helping others follow in our footsteps as yes. they come behind? Okay. I, one of the things I've done, and I, uh, I don't quite know how to say this and make it sound right, I've always kept prayer lists. Mm. Right now, on this iPhone I've got in my pocket, I have at least 400 pictures of young people that I pray for. Oh, wonderful. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm concerned about, is getting young people to follow the Lord. And when I first became a principal of a Christian school in 1955, back in the Old Testament, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know anything about education, but every Christian school you go to, there are some kids who want to do right, and then there, then there are a whole bunch of them in the middle, mm, right. and then there's a bunch of kids who are never going to make it. Right. And sometimes you can get caught. You spend 90% of your time trying to make the ones that are never going to make it. Right. And so what I, what I made up to do, and this is what I've taught, I've, I've spoken in Christian schools all over, all over the world, literally. And what I do is I say, now, concentrate your major effort on the ones that are going to really be, be, be used by the Lord. And I, and I, like at Pensacola, when I was there, there were about 20 young men that I put on a prayer list, and I said, look, I'm counting on you to be my leaders in this school. And I want you to know I'm gonna be praying for you every day. Mm. That made a difference. Out of that church that I was only in for three, three and a half years, I got 20 men who went into the ministry. Mm. Those 20 guys I prayed for. Amen. Most of them wanted to be tenor because I was a tenor. They wanted to be, <laughs> but then they became preachers. In fact, one of those preacher boys that I, I taught back then was very young. Uh, but, but he he just brought his mother the day week before last to see me. She had just turned 100 years old. 100 years old? Oh, wow. <laughs> and he brought her to see me <laughs> because she still prays for me every day. Wow. Knows my birthday, knows my wife's birthday, knows our anniversary. It sends our car. Hundred years old. She was our pastor's wife back then. Mm. So I mean, and then that's been my. I think that been that one of the prime things I've been after. I remember going to a conference in Kansas City. I won't tell the name of it or anything, but sure. they had a, a session on mentoring, like what we're talking about, and they talked for about twenty-five minutes, and finally I spoke up. Oh, now this was folks that would have been uh, very pro-pop, 
you know, pop, pop music. Cr- pop Christian music. And, yes. Yeah. And they're right. all, all were in music. I mean, these were all musicians. Right. And they were talking about mentoring other people to do what they were called to do. And finally I said, how many of you got somebody? Not a one. Hmm. Not one of them. And I said, I was only 40 years old at that time. And I said, while you've been talking, I've counted 50 that I know are in the ministry. Because somewhere along the line, that's what my book called Just Show Up is about. Yes. Like with, and I saw that your dad had potential. And of course, he was already a musician. But I saw the potential that was there. And the other one that I talked about, David Ledgerwood, I found out when he wrote in my book that he was in Clymer, Pennsylvania, living in a trailer with his family, and cashed in an insurance policy and rode a bus for 37 hours to come study with me. <laughs> so, I mean, and these are people that, that, that I just, I took, I didn't really do that much, but I took an interest in them. And now they're serving the Lord. I got them really, literally all over the world. Oh, that's wonderful. Never underestimate the power of prayer and right. being personally interested in the future of, of people. Yeah. That's, of course, then uh, now Dr. Ledgerwood, um, yes. he went on to spend uh, so many years, I don't know how many years it is now, but at Maranatha. Yes, and then I became a student there for a couple uh, years, and yeah. I got to sit under him and learn from yeah. him. And, of course, uh, my dad uh, uh, has taught me so much uh, through the years and um, and others. Uh, one of your other students through that ma- that um, master's course there at yeah. Pensacola, he taught me how to transpose oh. in seventh grade in, a, in an afternoon, Mike Zachary. Oh, yes. Yeah, he just said, oh, yeah, this is how you transpose. And it was just seventh grade. He had visited over at the Ledgerwood's house for Thanksgiving. And so the Everson family, the Ledgerwood family, Mike Zachary came over and you know, what do a bunch of musicians do? Well, they teach again, someone to transpose. That's the fun. Again, I took an interest in him and saw he had a lot of ability. And the letters he writes to me are unbelievable. You know, just wonderful. The, just, and I thank the Lord. And, and Mr. He, Greg Moses, was he oh, yes, there too? Yes. Yeah, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but uh, Mike had a girl that he's teaching by correspondence. Mm-hmm. And he could do that. In fact, when they would come to the Pensacola program and they had trouble with the music theory, I said, study with Mike Zachary by correspondence. If he passes you, I pass you. Wow. He's that good at it. Wow, that's amazing. And he got this one girl in Nebraska that he was teaching, told her she ought to get a hold of my book, just show up. The girl has, her, she and her mother have adopted three black kids and they, wow, two of them are, have, are handicapped. Mm. And now they've moved to Greenville and they're in the Hidden Treasure School, which is for those who that kind of kids. Yeah. And the girl is teaching there at the school. Oh, that's wonderful. So, and that's what we're talking about is, is mentoring yeah. and passing on from one generation to the next. Right. Uh, how encouraging is that? That's wonderful. Well, that's what, I, that's, what, that's, that's what I say. If you invest your life in people, you're investing for eternity. Amen. Nothing else can last for eternity. Amen. No organization, even churches. Right. No. But... That's, People, yes. That's that's very encouraging. Well, two two questions to okay. we'll close it out here. Okay. And here comes the big one. How do you handle criticism? I'm sure you've never been criticized. <laughs> <laughs> well, like our, my daughter Shelley, when she was writing that book about, you know, and she said, "Dad, but look at all the criticism you're going to get." And I said, "What do you think I've been getting for the last fifty <laughs> yeah, years?" That's right. Well, you just know it's coming. Right. And uh, I I evaluate where the criticism's coming from. Okay. 
if it's if I'm coming if it's coming from people who are compromising, I'm hitting. I'm not because you you're going to make enemies. You go back if you get a hold of my book called uh, uh, the Rock Generation Three, Six Decades of Decline. I mentioned. Uh, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. I mentioned Wilberforce. Yes. Uh, all these men faced criticism in their day. And then I even mentioned Bible characters and then Spurgeon. I mean, right. you're going to get, you've got to, you got to be expected and just say, uh, I said, I would say, I asked the Lord when I knew I was going to be getting criticism, keep me sweet. Mm. I had to go to a place one night. You want stories? I went. I love stories. Where, we love where stories. They, <laughs> where the man oppressed, I was in Tampa, Florida. A man asked me to come to, to his church in Marietta, Georgia. He had 2,000 people coming. And uh, the man brought a rock group with him. And when he told the man he couldn't have his rock group, the man said, You can't have me, and left. Mm. So he wanted me to go speak to them. Oh. And they were all expecting a. So I, a thought, I, I thought I had an hour. I said, You can get me a plane this far as flew my own airplane. You can get me a plane up tonight and back here tomorrow. I'll go. He got it somehow. I guess he had contacts in Atlanta. So when they announced it was me and not the man, two, a thousand people got up and walked out on the spot. Oh. <laughs> they just left. Just left. Yeah. Well, that's and encouraging. for the next 25 minutes, so it was constant going out. Well, I, I just said, I'm, I'm not going to criticize. I'm not gonna, I didn't say anything. Yes. Didn't just let them go. <clears throat> and, but then the Lord just said, forget the music. He wanted me to talk about music and why why he had to let the guy go. I, the guy said, Make it, I gave him a gospel that night. I had 70 people come forward against say, Oh, amen. How about that? I wish I had a recording of what I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those situations unusual where God takes over. Right. And you know, as a preacher, as you've experienced, when you when those are rare, but when you have one like that. Well, it's nothing like it. Yeah, it's nothing like it. Nothing I don't see like how it. these men give that up. Mm -hmm. to do some crazy thing. Right, right. Well, uh, the last question I have okay. for you here, how do you keep, what's your, what's your secret vitamin you take to keep young? <laughs> you have more energy than I do. Well, <laughs> like the, I guess I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I've always liked to exercise. Uh, I swim like I swam this morning right. uh, for half an hour. Um, it just makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And it keeps my mind going. Um, but I guess I, what the main thing is I, I love what I'm doing, mm. and I get to do it for the Lord. Mm. I think that's the key. And then, and then uh, I like, when I, when I studied Genesis 24, where my theme for my book came from, I being in the way, when you get to the end of that chapter, you don't find Abraham comp complimenting the, the servant. Isaac doesn't compliment, they don't give him a pat on the back or give him a raise. Mm. In other words, he's absolutely content to be a servant for mm. the rest of his life. And his reward is getting the job done. Wow. And if you have that, you've got everything. Mm. And like, um, okay, I was talking to a couple I've known for years, the man has passed away, but I was talking to them just before he passed away, and a couple of weeks before he passed away. And um, the wife said, because the last year I taught at Bob Jones University, uh, I still have my Sunday school class. The class had grown to over 500 people, you know, it was just one of those, uh, it wasn't me, it was just my opportunity. Mm -hmm. But um, the wife said, yes, said, but I knew you were up all night getting back here to be at church. 
but you're always so full of life and energy and smiling. She said, how'd you do it? I said, you don't know? She said, no, tell me. I said, I wasn't doing it for you, I was doing it for God. Oh, amen. What a difference. What a difference. Yeah, and as long as God's happy, I'm happy. Mm. And you will have criticism. I had one man came to me one night after church in the choir loft. The choir loft was big. But he said, his first statement was, I can't stand in a church where I can't sing solos. I said, okay. Like solos, like in front? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. He said, you didn't understand me. I said, I understood you. <laughs> it's I said, okay. <laughs> I said, that means you probably shouldn't have been singing in the first place. Mm, right. He threw the music at me. I said, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't lose a minute's sleep. Mm-hmm. I said, I knew I did right. Right. You know? And you're going to get that. I had one man come to me. He was a good friend. But a pastor had me preach. I love to preach yet. Still yes. do. And he came after me and said, now he said, I really appreciate your message, but your music is something else. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I said, thank you. Hmm. So just let it go. Right. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I guess he liked the country music. Sure. There's nothing wrong with it necessarily, but right. it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But that. If that's what he wants, I mean, that's up to him. And I think you have to choose your arguments. I think sometimes we argue about the wrong things. I heard someone, I forget who it was, but they said that uh, the bitterest arguments sometimes occur between siblings rather than out in the world. And maybe maybe that is true in the church sometimes too, that that maybe uh, some of the, uh, the things that we don't have, there are plenty of stuff that we have to deal with. Right. Because it concerns truth. Yeah. But but some of the little things, it's amazing. I look back and I think, man, why did I, why did I fight about that quite so much? I could have could have smiled a lot more. But again, like when I went to the church in Pensacola in 1954, uh, you know, it, it was a it was a growing church. It had the building had burned down and they had fixed it up, you know, and so on. But when I went in the restroom, I got there on a Thursday and went in the restrooms. They were dirty. Well, those people, I had just been at the Eastman School of Music, and so those people thought they were getting a high flute musician, you know. Yeah. And they're a bunch of country people. But, so what I did on Monday morning, I got some disinfectant, some buckets, some brushes, and I cleaned the restrooms. <laughs> Listen, their attitude changed toward me right away. Oh, absolutely. Because I became their servant. Right. Yeah, I think that's the key. Mm. We have to remember, as ministers of music, we're servants. We're serving, and basically we're serving God. And that's why we serve people, because we're trying to guide them into following God. Amen. Yep. Amen. So, well, thank you. I think that's the key to, if I have any energy or so on, I think it's, it's God. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's wonderful. My and wife thought with all too. those years I was teaching and traveling and all that, she said, you're going to die young. Here I am. Yeah. 89, <laughs> still going, and loving it. Oh, that's wonderful. It's amazing how many... Just in the world in general, how many musicians actually do live really long lives? Yeah. Just because, I, you know, there's something about that. Well, the conducting, they call it gerunding. There's something about conducting with the music and you're moving. Mm. It, 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 I could conduct it with an opera. I'd conduct three hours straight mm. and not even be tired. Mm. That's amazing. Because the music guides you along. Right. And there's something about that. Oh, and that's wonderful. And you know, 
I don't have all the answers, but that. If that's oh, that's it. great. I, I mean, it's convicting, and, and it's uh, it helps all of us, whether you're a music minister or not, listening to the podcast. Um, he who would be the greatest among you, let him be your servant. And right. and what a what a reminder that is. Well, Doctor Garlock, thank you so much well, thank for you. spending time with us. We My appreciate privilege. it very much. My Where can people go to get a hold of these books? MajestyMusic.com. MajestyMusic.com. That's right. Okay. Yep. So and wonderful. then we have a blog now, by the way. Oh, called I did. We seek wisdom. We Seek Wisdom, my daughter Jean is doing it with me. And okay. it's just little segments of the you know, things that, that it's really me talking. Yes, yeah, wonderful. She's, she's working with it and uh, just uh, things that, uh, why we do what we do. For instance, I put in about uh, Chick-fil-A. Kathy... Um, Truitt? Truitt, yeah. Yeah. Put in why they're so successful. How uh-huh. they, they follow Bible principles and serve people. And I mean, and I said, this is what we need. Wonderful. Is, if we have that attitude, God will bless us. Now, and that's, uh, is that WeSeekWisdom.com? Or is yeah, that... WeSeekWisdom.com. Wonderful. I didn't know that. I'll have yeah. to check that out myself. Okay. Well, That'll be wonderful. You have some little cards. I can give you a card. Yeah, well, absolutely. If anybody be... listening in, this yeah, is we to seek get on WeSeekWisdom. Wisdom, and then, wonderful. Uh, uh, let's see, how, how do we, do we have a... Should be all, all the information be on the back there. Yeah, and I'll put that uh, weseekwisdom.com, and yeah. we'll put that on the uh, on the link as well. Thank you so much for your time. Well, it's my and, privilege. I love we, talking about it. Oh, this has been great, and I've had the privilege over the last, not just today, but last week at the conference, just uh, being able to spend time with Dr. Garlock, and it's been so encouraging, and uh, I've just loved it. And we get back to work tomorrow. Uh, at the conference, but if you ever have a chance to come to a Majesty Music Conference, there are wonderful collections of, of faculty uh, that, that teach all kinds of different stuff. It, it's really encouraging. I love being a part of it. Well, Ben, let me just also say it encourages me how the Lord has led in your life and what you're doing for Him. Well, amen. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the Ben Everson Podcast. Learn more at beneverson.com.